Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Patrick. And we are here to let you know that we are finally on Radio Margaritaville. That's right. Sirius XM Channel 24. We have been talking about it on more recent episodes, but we recently got hired by Radio Margaritaville to start out on Friday nights as hosts from 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, so please check it out. And until then, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Parrot Head Podcast. That's right. See you soon. Bye-bye. I say my hell is the closet I'm stuck inside Can't see the light And my heaven is a nice house in the sky Got central heat dang Welcome to the Parahead Podcast. I am Ryan Mildor. I'm Patrick McDonald. This is your podcast for all things Jimmy Buffett. And it's important that we discuss this band today because they are very Jimmy Buffett adjacent. Yeah. They are not only previous collaborators of Jimmy's, they've done covers of Jimmy. They are also one of the seminal uh, fan groups you know, yes. one of the I don't one of the kind of groupy vibe subcultures <laughs> yes. of the world. Yes, there's Jimmy Buffett, there's the Grateful Dead, there's Fish, there is the Dave Matthews band. That's right. And we are discussing the fourth face on the Mount Rushmore <laughs> of <laughs> band Rushmore. subcultures. Yeah. Dave Matthews band today. Ryan, you're so excited about this one. I'm very excited about this episode because I feel that uh you know, we talk a lot about who can claim the throne. Right. Who can claim the Jimmy Buffett Parrothead throne? Is yeah. it going to be Kenny Chesney? Is it going to be uh, uh, Zach Brown Band? Is it going to be Jason Mraz? <laughs> I mean, Dark Horse Jason Mraz. <laughs> Dark Horse Jason Mraz. We've talked about all of these. Yeah. I feel like 
Dave Matthews Band is most poised to take that position. That is so interesting, and you have a full case today. I, I this is maybe the most prepared I've ever been for an episode of the Parrothead Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I I truly felt it. When you were talking about this, you felt so enthused. You felt so into this. Yeah. You, you sent me homework. I sent you homework. I sent you three, two videos to watch yeah. and one 16-minute song to listen to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I did it. You did it. I did it all. Okay, great. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. We'll talk about all of it. I can't wait. Um, But before we dive in, how are you? What's been going on in I'm your world? I'm good, Ryan. You know, we're over at my house right now. Yes. This is the second episode now we've recorded at your place. Yes. I was talking to you last week. This is the first time I've been in a Patrick McDonald <laughs> apartment or house which is so crazy i'm so embarrassed by that you you live in a very cute little i would call it a cottage it is literally a cottage i live in the cottage of uh it's a guest house behind a larger house yes uh this is technically in the hollywood hills yes it is uh i live in the hills (laughs) you live in the hills Uh, i live in a yard a large yard where yesterday i saw a bobcat in the yard in not not behind the fence. No, and I've seen this bobcat behind the fence a couple times. But it was in the actual yard. But it came yard. into the yard oh. yesterday. So I I'm freaking snow white over here, Ryan. How how big was this bobcat? Do you think? I would say the bobcat was the size of Bodie. I would say. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't help any person <laughs> listening because you've never seen the dogs. Like this is an th- audio think thing. of like a medium sized suitcase on its side. I would say. I mean, it was really skinny and lanky. It looked hungry, which makes me nervous. Yeah, because I don't want a hungry bobcat. Was it out in the day or at night? It was out in the day, like. Four o'clock. So that means it's very hungry. It means it's really hungry. Yes. And I actually saw it in the woods. There's a barbed wire fence, and then on the other side is like woods, completely okay. untamed woods back there. Yeah. And a few days ago, I was looking down there, and uh, a squirrel was running, and a bobcat came out of nowhere and ate it. And I saw it grab it and take it up into the woods. Oh, my God. That was on Monday. And so that was- Called David Attenborough. I know. I know. I got my own thing going on here. I got lizards. I got squirrels. I got birds. And I got bobcats. My goodness. So it's very exciting. I spend most of my time staring out at the woods. Yes. That's all I do out here, and it's my (laughs) dream come true. And guess what? What? Big callback. Owls. Owls are back. There are owls in this property. Every night I hear the owls talking. The owls are back. Wow. If you you haven't been listening for a a, a long time, uh, here on the Parrot Podcast, Patrick has occasionally brought up that uh, owls are following him. Yes, I've been followed by (laughs) owls. Right. And the owls are back. The owls are back. Uh, Yeah, I would say, yeah, they're back in a big way. And I actually bought a a doormat that has owls on it, and I put it in my front door. Wow. Because I'm like, let's embrace the owls. Sure. It's Owl City over here. Now, (laughs) when the owls arrive, do you feel like anything, like are there any changes in your life that happen after the owls arrive? No. No. No, other than the tail that I grow. Other. (laughs) I'm completely normal. <laughs> now, I, I, I always see them as a sense of comfort and like, oh, we're good. I also, for a while, was like I'm guided by hawks. Hawks okay. were everywhere. Sure. I'm seeing hawks all the time over here, but I see a hawk almost every day uh-huh. for a while. And now we're guided by the bobcat. So wow. the owl is kind of a reminder of my past, yeah. where I've been. Um, the hawk is a driving force, but but now my future is a bobcat. So I have to figure out what the animal spirit world means about bobcats. I was going to ask, which one of these do you think is like your spirit animal? Or, do you, or is there another animal that's your spirit animal? I can see that I was guided by owls for a while, and yeah. then I felt like there was a period where I was potentially being guided by hawks, but now I'm being guided by the bobcat. Should okay. I look up what it means? Sure, if, yeah, okay, let's let look, it, look up. it up. Okay. <laughs> this is very exciting. Okay, let's see. <laughs> bobcat. Bobcat. Spirit. Animal. 
So here's what, what it's going to say about bobcats. Okay. okay. This is the totem symbolism. The bobcat moves through the wild silently with grace and agility, offering us many lessons and traits that we can incorporate into our lives. A cun- this cunning feline animal totem symbolizes the necessity of balancing awareness, strategy, and intellect with playfulness and merriment. Okay. That completely checks out for what's going on in my life right yeah. now. Yeah. Just making sure that I'm... Uh, Planning, strategizing, aware of what I can do, being smart about my choices, and then also having a blast. Yeah. So okay, I like that. This is the year of the bobcat, baby. I like that for Ryan, you. It's That's the year great. of the bobcat. That's very exciting. What's your spirit animal? Who are you being guided by? Um, I'm trying to think if I have a particular animal that's always popped up throughout my life. Uh, I. You can't say people. <laughs> Have you heard of these humans? <laughs> I see them all over the place. I see them at the grocery store. I see okay. them at the movies. Okay. I see them all over. Okay. Uh, I mean, it would be super easy for me to say dogs. Yeah. But, but it's true. It's. I mean, I. I. I'm a very. I'm very much a dog person. I feel like mm-hmm. I connect very much to dogs, and I feel like anytime I see a dog and of course you have to ask first if you're allowed to say hello of course so i asked to say hello and then anytime i meet a new dog i feel like i am instantly connected with that dog oh that's very sweet so i feel like there is something to do with dogs okay well here's here's what this means yes the dog spirit animal stands for loyalty protection care and love dogs are some of the most faithful animals we have in the world today you can rely on your dog to provide you with the protection you need. Also, they love unconditionally. Oh! That feels right for you, okay. Ryan. Okay, I'm into that. I like that. That checks out. And if, if you're attracted to the dog totem, you'll come across as loyal, steady, and loving. Okay, yeah, that checks out, I think. Yeah! You are right at home in any field that allows you to be of service to others. 100%. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to Olivia the other night about uh, I I love cooking for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I've been recently getting into making cocktails. I love making cocktails for her and her family. Wow. I'm very into the, oh, let me do this for you. Let me do this. Or, you know, hey, tonight I'm making this. Don't make plans. You know what I mean? I'm big into doing that. So that makes sense. Okay. Then I think you're, you got the year of the dog this year. You're the dog. I like it. Yeah. Bobcat versus dog. Doesn't, (laughs) it's, but they're together. They're together. Right. This is a podcast about a bobcat and a dog living in harmony. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> that's really good. I like that. I like that. And just, okay, so that's going on with me. Is yes. Finding my new spirit animal. What's going on with you, Ryan? So uh, outside of me finally getting my taxes done today. Oh, thank good you for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, better late than incredibly late. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as we talked about on the podcast, uh, Olivia and I, uh, my lovely girlfriend Olivia, we're, we're very into – Theme parks and amusement parks. Uh, Southern California has a wide array of uh, theme parks. I went to Universal Studios for the first time last night. 
I went last night, very first time to Universal Studios. You've never been before, and you went the first time last night. First time last night. I've been in Florida to the Universal Studios like 15 years ago, probably. Wow. Went for the first time to Universal Studios last night. What did you think? It was a blast. It was so nice. It was so You were so right fun. here. I live right by Universal. You Right, like five minutes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So close. Very close. Very close. Uh, it was so much fun. It was so nice. Oh, we were slowly getting out, walking around, being around people. And it's nice just to go out and just walk and not have like a set sort of um, uh, idea of what you want to do. So we hung out a lot in the the little Harry Potter world. Oh, it was open at nighttime? Uh, it was open until 7. Great. We're going again on Saturday. They're open until 9. Wow. So they're going to be open late. Very nice. So uh, doing that. And Universal, of course, uh, known for some of the biggest franchises ever. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yep. Jaws. Yep. E.T. Huge, huge, huge movies. Oh, yeah. So uh, they've got a ton of merchandise at Universal Studios. A, oh, an abundance do. of merchandise. They do. And I saw something at the Universal Studios Hollywood store, and I said, I need to get those for Patrick and I. <laughs> oh, Ryan, no. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, no. We're, we're very into giving gifts here on the Parahead podcast. <laughs> we love gifts. We love gifts. What could you possibly have gotten me from the Universal store? Oh, this is, this is, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> oh, my God. I got I'm you nervous. and I matching ones. <gasps> I love a matching outfit. I'm gonna show you. I hope it's you. an outfit. I'm gonna show it to you right now. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yes. One, two, three. Oh! <laughs> it's a Jaws hat. It's a Jaws hat. It's a Finn's shark hat. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. Isn't that fun? Look at us. <laughs> oh, I can't put it on over my headphones. That's really good. Isn't wow. That nice? <laughs> That's perfect. So now, I mean, Hold I, on. I'm. Very hopeful. Here, we're going to take a photo. Okay, we're going to take a quick photo. We have to take a photo. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, uh, also, I want to point out that uh, Bodhi got a hold of mine last night. Okay, great. That is well well eaten by Bodhi. Well eaten. It looks like it was destroyed by a shark, so I'm wow. cool with it. Perfect. Um, so uh, uh, my hope is that we will finally be able to get back to a Jimmy Buffett concert this year. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we do, we should bring these. <laughs> I think absolutely. We're going to have to wear our shark fins yes. to the concert. We're already getting the gear. Already getting the gear. We're ready, We're ready to go. Ready to go. Uh, and neither of us, I don't think, have ever dressed up for a Buffett show. We've we wore Hawaiian shirts, of course. Of course. Uh, but we haven't had a costume. We don't go crazy. No, we're not like the the Finn men. Right. We're not like the Finn men. We're not, you know, wearing crazy hats or you no. know blazers with a bunch of buttons on it or anything no. like that. We're dressing like Jimmy himself. Dressing like Jimmy himself. So I feel like this is maybe our first step towards a costume at some point. That's really exciting, and that's a big step. If you guys have costume ideas for us, let us know. Remember when we were in Vegas, we saw that one guy who was just wearing a literal autograph photo of Andy Devine on his <laughs> yes. hat, which was really a great costume. Very, very good. Really good. I, I think we should definitely pick a really good costume. I think so, too. For the, for the first First time back? Yes. Oh my gosh! Whenever that's going to be? Whenever we get to our go to, go to our first concert? I Absolutely. Mean, goodness, we have to. Yeah. So that's what's going on with me. <laughs> Huge. Huge. Big developments. Big development. Thank you so much for this fin hat. This You're is so exciting. Very, very welcome. Wow! Look at us go. <laughs> I can't believe it.
That's incredible. Oh, uh, it's the most perfect thing. It's so great. <laughs> it's so great. Um, Ryan, we got some emails. Very exciting. We almost got several emails. It's very Ooh, exciting. This is great. It's huge deal. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our friends and uh, Parrothead podcast heads out there have sent us some very warm wishes uh, because of our news about uh, Sirius XM Radio Margaritaville. Yes. That we're going to be hosting soon-ish, if not already, by the time this airs. Yep. We don't know. <laughs> we're figuring it out. It's coming. It's, it's happening, coming. but it's definitely... Uh, what if What if we have been lying for months? <laughs> we're on the website, so you know we're not lying. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're there. But it's happening. Yeah. Uh, but we got a really great email that I thought was super fun. Uh, this person is not quite up to that news yet. Oh, and he basically seems like he's been going through our podcast and he has been answering questions that we've asked over time. Okay. So he wanted to update us on all of his thoughts. Ooh. So this is kind of a throwback. (laughs) Okay, great. So, uh, Ryan, Patrick, listener for just over a year, so pretty new and still deciding if I go back and listen to all the past shows. Ah. So he's picking a a bunch of random stuff. Just listen to your last two podcasts and wonder how you missed the big connection between Jimmy and Mishka. Search Jimmy Buffett and Mishka or YouTube or use this link. Search Jimmy Buffett and Mishka. (laughs) Hey, guys, Google it. (laughs) Okay. Spoiler alert, Mishka was one of the kids that delivered the pastries to Jimmy's boat and became the inspiration for Chanson pour les petits enfants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not sure you missed that. Not sure how you missed that connection. I guess you don't listen to your researcher and you put him out of the room when he barked to let you know you were missing something. <laughs> Very good. Pretty yes. true. Very true. Um, on other matters, yes, I voted in 2020. So avoid to avoid putting a strand in your Marvin Garden's name assignment process, so I'll claim the following. Reading jail. Reading jail. So this okay. is reading jail. I okay. believe this is the first jail we've had. Yes. The first <laughs> member of the jail clan. I usually avoid that one. And but. you're more than welcome to name yourself. Absolutely. So Let us know. go ahead. Reading jail is really good. Yes. Deep tracks. Two songs I haven't heard you discuss. Hello, Texas from the Urban Cowboy soundtrack. Getting the picture on no album I can find. Sold as a music video on iTunes. And since it's extended commercial for Sports Illustrated, I guess it stands alone with the swimsuit models. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jerry Jeff, I too mourn his passing, but I remember him more for up against the wall, redneck mother, and w- and with one of you from Texas, Patrick, I'm surprised you didn't hear it, and shouted the so well, so well, so well response. Maybe the root of the salt, salt, salt during Margaritaville? What is the so well, so well, so well response? I, I don't quite know, but I feel like reading jail is going to get mad at us. So that it. doesn't resonate with you at it all. It doesn't resonate <laughs> okay. with me. I, I didn't quite listen to Jerry Jeff Walker in Texas. I was listening to Eli Young Band, as we discussed. Yes, yes. I was more of the, the modern country. Uh, it was really big in my town. The older country, I didn't hang out with a lot of older cowboys. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that was a, a bummer for me. I wish I had. Uh, but my parents didn't listen to a lot of old country. Yep. And that's usually how it's passed down genetically. Yes. Um, Proof uh, being this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and they passed me Buffett. Uh, speaking for the Lost Shaker of Salt, I remember in the 80s going to a concert and the response is looking for my Lost Shaker of Salt was, who's Shaker? What Shaker? My Shaker. Not sure when the Salt reply started, but maybe you can get your researcher on it. Woof. <laughs> So, who's shaker what, who's shaker what, what shaker, shaker my shaker. shaker so it's searching for my lost shaker or solve oh, who's shaker, shaker. What, what shaker, shaker? my shaker, shaker. <laughs> what a mouthful <laughs> uh last item for this email my top two romantic buffett songs are come monday 
And come Monday follow-up, Coast of Carolina, it's been a lot of Mondays since the phone booth. Sending this from my work HP laptop, because he knows we love those signatures. (laughs) Reading Jail, a.k.a. John Selkin. John, thank you for the email. Really great email. We welcome you to the fray. I kind (laughs) of mislabeled you in the beginning. You haven't been listening from the beginning. You've been picking stuff up now, uh, here and there, but you're maybe going to go back. You're going to find a lot of inaccuracies. Yes. It's going to blow your mind. We look forward to more emails from you in the future. <laughs> but reading jail, I mean, we welcome you. Yes. What a spirit in this email. <laughs> uh, if you know more about who's shaker, what shaker, my shaker. It's fascinating to uh, me. We need to know more. We need to know. What is that? <laughs> so that's something to think about. Uh, but we appreciate your care and dedication to writing this email and we look forward to more thoughts from you reading jail absolutely <laughs> very very nice very nice very nice email well, we're very very grateful well that's some great parahead podcast news um we do have one matter of business to get to before we dive into some music oh yeah we need i believe our final breaking pat update oh yeah breaking <laughs> pat as everyone knows my updates were pat watches breaking bad yes uh, I finished it. You finished it. You're I done. I finished it. I watched the whole show. It was incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's what I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Because we saw that Jimmy Buffett was on set with Vince Gilligan on his Instagram. Yep. On set of Better Call Saul. We were we were talking a couple weeks ago about yeah. how maybe Jimmy or how maybe Vince Gilligan is a parahead. Yes. We were we had a theory. Yeah. Because the A1A car wash and yep. there's a couple other things. Is Jimmy going to be in Better Call Saul season six? I don't know. When was that photo? It was I like have no clue. I don't 20, know what that was. Twenty nineteen, maybe. Oh, it was an old photo. It was an older photo. It was jarring. I was like, "What's going on here?" Yes, uh, but as soon as because I did a quick Google <laughs> and I found out this information, um, I did a quick Google and I saw that photo and sent it to you, and then it jogged my memory. There are one, maybe two Jimmy Buffett references in Better Call Saul. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, that's and big. I I think. I think I texted you one of them. Yeah. Better Call Saul was Olivia and I's very first quarantine binge watch. Wow. So uh, uh, the Jimmy Buffett reference popped up, you know, probably April of last year. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge deal for me. And I sent you a message. So when I saw that photo of Jimmy, it all kind of clicked. Yes. So maybe he is going to be in. They're filming it right now. They're filming season six right now. Well, I hope he is. But here's my thing. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. I would like to write at least the trailer, if not some sort of teaser, of kind of Breaking Bad, but for Parrot Heads. Because I think it's a perfect thing to combine. You know, uh-huh. it's like a, a, I need your help trying to, to kind of figure out the exact logistics of it. But mm-hmm. I think it's somebody who kind of starts moonlighting as, you know, maybe he makes a, the perfect margarita. Okay. And no one else has ever made this right. margarita. And all these parrot heads are tweaking for this margarita. <laughs> yeah. And so, but in the daytime, you know, his, his, uh, uh, the, uh, um, his, his brother-in-law is part of the, the, uh, food and beverage commission, you know, the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> He's, a, you know, part of some sort of, you know, the, the FDA. Right. Or something like that. He has to hide it. He's the guy that goes in and, and you know, arrest bartenders for illegally selling people drinks. Right, right, right. Right. And then in, in his daytime, I can't figure out what it what he does to know how to make the perfect margarita. That's my only thing that I can't quite crack right Sure, because Walt was a chemistry teacher. Right, which helped him make meth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay, so if you break down a margarita there, uh, he, he could be uh, he could be an agave farmer. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> yeah. He's an agave farmer. He's a lime salesman. He's a lime salesman. 
<laughs> he could be a grocer, like the perfect. Or I was thinking he could work at like a Jamba Juice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. He okay, works. Great. He works at a Jamba Juice. Okay, good. He works at a Jamba Juice. He he makes the perfect margarita that all that makes all the parrot heads go crazy. Yep. Yep. And he can't tell his wife about it. He creates a big empire. Yes. His his partner is, uh, let's say, uh, an underground bartender. Okay, so some great. sort of a, like like a speakeasy type thing, but not even on the map, right? What if he's like the you know in New York? There's a guy called the Backpack Bottle Guy, and he's a guy in New York City that you he walks around and he has margaritas and he has drinks in his backpack. Yes, and he comes up to you on the beach, like at Coney Island or whatever, and he sells you. You find him on Instagram, and you're like, "Come find me, I want to buy a margarita," and he gives you a margarita. So that's Maybe like it's the, like that guy, the Jesse. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, great. Okay, so great. He's like that guy. Uh And then they start making it together. Not an RV, maybe an old boat. (laughs) An old hollowed out boat. An old hollowed out boat. Uh And they get in a lot of trouble because there's other people that make margaritas. Maybe the Margaritaville Corporation. Oh. Or something like that. Okay. Where, you know, he's, but he he gets in with the parrot heads. And who, who is the, who is the current, who's like the Tuco? Or who's the Gus? Oh, like the big kingpin conglomerate. The yes, kingpin, the guy that runs everything. Yeah. Mmm. It's. I guess it's got to be. I mean, it could be Jimmy Buffett himself. I was gonna say, like, yeah. are we gonna have a big Jimmy cameo in this? So it's a guy that creates his own Margaritaville. Basically, he's turning wow. his own. Mar- he's creating his own Margaritaville, moonlighting as someone <laughs> creating a Margaritaville <laughs> yes. empire. And he's trying to get this guy to come over to his side. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh huh. And then okay. Jimmy is like, "I'm gonna give you a full Margaritaville restaurant." Yeah. And it's like a, it's like an off-chain kind of secret restaurant, uh-huh. you know, out somewhere where everybody else thinks that you know they're just selling cheeseburgers, but he's He's actually making the perfect margarita. Right. And all back. the money gets funneled through the Margaritaville Corporation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. We're, yes, this is good. All right, I like it's perfect. This. So I'm going to write this. Yes. <laughs> Trademarked. Copyrighted. It's going to be huge. A big deal. I mean, Breaking Bad, but for margaritas, uh-huh. for Jimmy Buffett people. Massive. It's pretty big. What would we call it? <sighs> Breaking Bad. Uh... Breaking Bad. Oh, let's call it Breaking Bad. <laughs> I got this great idea. Okay. Okay. It's called Breaking Bad. Okay, great. It's called Making Marks. (laughs) (laughs) Making Marks. Solid. Really good. Very, very good. So look out for that. It's coming soon to um, Peacock. It's an NBC property. It's an NBC property. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> really check it out. It's really exciting. Very, very fun. So that's my breaking pad update. Okay. Very good. Are you going to dive into Better Call Saul or El Camino? I have to watch El Camino, the movie, and then I'm going to dive into Better Call Saul after that. Okay. Well, you, you need to start brainstorming what that segment name is going to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, okay. you let us know. You mull it over. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> I could probably come up with it right now, but I don't want to. Predator call Paul. Predator call Paul. Predator Paul. Paul. Predator Paul. Predator Paul. Paul. There you go. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll, I mean, that's a we'll really good yeah. A or Pelpamino. Pelpamino. <laughs> that's great. Yes. Very good. Oh. Uh, Ryan. Uh, this is the part of every episode where we talk about what we're listening to. What are you listening to? I'm listening to a very funny song. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me get the name of it. It's over here. Hold on. Okay. So, do you know of this? I don't know if it's a band or just one guy. Toth. Toth. 
No. T-O-T-H with like a line over the O. It's not umlaut. It's like a like a line. And I don't know what that is. Wow. Um, But he's called Toth. And Toth has a song out, a single. It's a very funny single, a very direct single. It's a breakup song. Okay. Uh, it's called Guitars Are Better Than Synthesizers for Writing Through Hard Times. Guitars are better than synthesizers for writing through hard times. Yes, that's absolutely right. Okay. Um, and I want everybody to sit down and listen very closely to the lyrics. Okay. This is a very funny song. Okay. Let's listen. I can't wait. I feel weird My ex just broke up with the person they broke up with me for Three years later And at the same time as I'm falling in love The breakup album I made about her isn't even out This makes me sadder than I ever could have imagined I never would have imagined I thought maybe I should bring her the acoustic guitar I used to write about Great song. Isn't that a great song? That is so good. <laughs> What's it called again? It's called uh, Guitars Are Better Than Synthesizers for Writing Through Hard Times. Oh it's this guy named uh, Toth. Uh, <laughs> we love Toth. <laughs> love Toth. It's wow, a, that's so good. It's like a, oh, I'm playing it again on my computer. It's like a Ween meets uh, Joy Division type <laughs> kind of vibe. Perfect. <laughs> I'm putting it on my... Uh, favorites playlist right now it's so good it's very good what a great little hit yes <laughs> that's so funny patty what are toth. you listening to well i'm listening to toth now okay good um uh, uh there's a song that i found recently it's a cover of a Joni mitchell song mm-hmm. it's by an artist named tristan the song uh-huh. is a case of you okay i love this song it has one of my favorite lyrics of all time uh which is so funny to me because uh well Joni Mitchell's known as an incredible artist, but one of her lyrics is, I am a lonely painter. I live in a box of paints. <laughs> I think that's a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm also obsessed with that lyric. Uh, so I wanted to listen to this cover because I think it's a great cover. Amazing. It's a great song, but I think she really made this her own. And it's by someone named Tristan with an E. Tristan. Let's give it a listen. Star and I said, 
cover really good it also just further just to further speak on that lyric (laughs) this song is full of lyrics it's just conversational she's saying like you're saying this i went to the bar we i drew something i put your name on the twice and then there's a pause i am a lonely painter i live in a box of paint (laughs) like that phrase is full of pauses and Uh none of the song is full of pauses otherwise (laughs) why does she quietly say that why does she pause for that statement? She thought it was so important that she had to put it in there. It's and emphasized. it had to include a pause in the song. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't have any room for this. I need to put a pause here so I can make more room. <laughs> I, need, I need it to be the most poignant thing in the song. That's very funny. It just stands out to me. But it's a great cover. Tristan is an incredible artist. So I highly recommend that song. Also, if you're looking to play A Case of You and you've always wanted to play it at a party, but you, you don't want to play a song to bring anyone down... <laughs> You know, maybe you can use this upbeat version. Sure. That was very good. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a good one. Very, very nice. Yes. So that's what we're listening to. But now, Ryan, let's talk about the reason we're here. The reason for the season. Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band. Um, First off, what is your familiarity experience with Dave Matthews Band? I probably, of all the artists we've spoken of, I probably know the least about Dave Matthews Band. Okay. I know Crash Into Me very well, the song. Sure. I had used to watch him a lot on TRL. There's a song, The Space Between uh-huh. is a is is it's a music video that was on TRL a bunch when yep. I was young. I almost believe that there was a, I used to obsessively watch this show, Making the Video. Okay. Where they would make, you know, they show behind the scenes of the making of a music video. And yep. I believe there was one for the Dave Matthews Band, so mm-hmm. remember that. But otherwise, I know Ants Marching as one of sure. the most ridiculous songs ever made. <laughs> a fantastic song. Yeah, very uh, crazy, though. Of Yeah, absolutely nuts. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. what, what the, maybe the most jarring intro to any song has ever been made. Uh-huh. But other than that, I don't know a ton, and I've never seen him in concert. Okay. 
So, my experience with Dave Matthews Band goes back to the movie Mr. Deeds. <laughs> oh, oh, I loved Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds, yes. fantastic movie. Adam Sandler, very, very good. Mm-hmm. There is a song, a Dave Matthews Band song called Where Are You Going, that was featured in Mr. Deeds. And I, I remember one. seeing the movie and going like, hey, I really like this song. And this was at the time where... I believe iTunes was like just out, but the big thing was like Bear Share and Napster and right. all that stuff. Kazaa. Kazaa. So I just gobbled up as much Dave Matthews Band as I could. I believe that was like 2002. And that song was, I am no Superman. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the one. Yeah, very good. Um, and I just started, I, I it might have been the first band or artist that I kind of obsessed over. Okay. Like, I need to listen to all of this. I need to yeah. figure out as much as possible. And wow, that's... Wow, this was your one. Th- this was the one. And I don't know what... I think it was because I had grown up listening to Jimmy Buffett mm-hmm. and that kind of music. And I just gravitated towards Dave Matthews' band so much. I remember... Uh, my dad and I flipping through the music that I was listening to and him being very shocked that I was listening to Dave Matthews' band. He's like, you're listening to Dave Matthews' band? I was like, yeah, they're really good. He's like, I know. (laughs) And I think it was a couple years later um, where I went to my first Dave Matthews' band concert. Okay. My very first concert ever was Jimmy Buffett. uh, But one of the first concerts that I was very, very excited about, like I was excited to see Jimmy Buffett, but that was, you know, that was my dad's thing. Uh, Dave Matthews Band was the first one where I was like, Dad, can you take me to this show? And I still think it is the most memorable concert experience I've ever had. Really? Most memorable concert experience I've ever had because we were at the Nissan Pavilion, which is now Jiffy Lube Live. Great. Terrible name change. We love Jiffy Lube Live. We love it. Uh, at Jiffy Lube Live, Nissan Pavilion, uh, there is a lawn. So it's an amphitheater, outdoor amphitheater with an awning and then a huge lawn. And the lawn is like, that's where the cheap seats are, but that's where the party is. Right. And I remember that show, probably maybe 20 minutes into the show, torrential downpours. Wow. Like, like, I mean, you know, you're from Texas. Oh, yeah. The rain where you can't even see in front of your face. Yeah, yeah. That kind of rain. My God. Torrential downpours. And this was on a hill. Mm. And on the hill, when it rains, it gets muddy. And at Nissan Pavilion, the thing to do is to go mudsliding. Oh, my gosh. So I'm there. I may be, I don't know, too young to see a Dave Matthews Band concert. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a teenager, like a, like a young teenager. Okay. And there are uh, there are people mudsliding down a hill. There are people smoking weed. People are just going crazy. And I'm there drenched with my dad, who's also having a blast. Wow. And it was so much fun. I remember I think I got sick from the show because we <laughs> didn't have an cold. umbrella, nothing. Did you go mudsliding? Did you slide in the mud? I didn't go sliding in the mud. Okay. Uh, but I remember like... My clothes, all of them got ruined. I remember I had mud like caked on my legs that wouldn't come off for like a long time. It was insane. That's crazy. So I still grasp onto that experience. I've seen them four times, I think, four or five times. Wow. And they are an incredible live band. Their albums are good. Yeah. Their albums are good. 
but seeing them live is just great. Like that sells it. Wow. That sells it. That's incredible. What yeah. an experience. So that was that sounds like the kind of experience where it's like you wake up. Where it's like yeah. you had this like amazing experience where you're like, Oh, I love this, I love that. You found your passion. Exactly. And your passion was Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's incredible. And since we've been doing this podcast, we talk a lot about who can take over, you know, that that you know, J- Jimmy is at the top of the list. Like some would say maybe Grateful Dead is up there, some would say maybe fish. We feel as Jimmy Buffett. Right. I feel like the band most poised to take that position would be Dave Matthews Band. I think band is a great way to look at it. I think yeah. you're right because the entire culture, they have their insider things that I have no clue about. Do you know anything about like the Dave Matthews Band kind of indie like or the vibe of what's so, in with them like yeah so i mean uh like like talking about live shows there are specific uh you know like we have salt 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 right. and uh you know son of a bitches and stuff like that right. things that will shout out at concerts dave matthews band also has that they have things that fans will come to expect from the live show okay so for um for the song lie in our graves which i sent you two live versions of yes there are uh there's usually at the very least a 10 minute solo in the middle of the song wow before he finishes the song uh so there are things like that um and also the thing about the the live shows uh they are uh, it's it's people will travel with the band throughout the summer going to all of the concerts. You hear about some Dave Matthews Band fans, you know, I've seen them in concert 200 times. My God. is not an uncommon thing. Because all of the shows, they're they're very much a jam band. Yeah. So all of the shows are very different. They jam on very different songs. And they'll go for, I think, the longest version of a song I've heard it was like 30 something minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. Not not as crazy as like a fish show where, right. where they'll like, you know, play like three songs for the entire show. Right. And there's like the type one version of their jam and there's their type two where they yep. like stay within or they go out of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Dave Matthews Band is a little more constrained. Okay. Um, but that's a part of the show. And also something that is very much a part of all of these groups, Jimmy, Grateful Dead, Fish is live bootleg training. Oh, yes. Fans will trade bootlegs like crazy. And with Dave Matthews, in the early days, they used to make their sound equipment available to fans to plug into at their shows. Really? So that they could take the actual recording from the soundboard and take it and put it on a tape. How many fans were plugging into the soundboard? I don't know, but there are shows. <laughs> there's a very famous show of theirs from this place. I think it's called The the Muse. I think it's in Nantucket in 1993 that is like their first big show. They did it on the island wow. Nant- Nantucket, and people plugged in the soundboards. And they had. there's a very good, very clear recording of that show. Wow. And they put a stop to that in like 96 or 97 because, you know, like companies started taking the music and using it and things and things like that. Well, and it's probably not a good idea for some drunk guy to come up with a bunch of chords. (laughs) Where's this go? (laughs) Can I plug? I need to plug this in. I need to plug this in. I need to charge (laughs) my phone, please. (laughs) I need to charge my phone. (laughs) 
No, that's not what this is for. Um, I, I found an article. Uh, I think it's from 2018. It's a it, Dave Matthews in conversation on Vulture. Mm-hmm. And I found a really interesting kind of connection that Dave Matthews himself makes to Jimmy Buffett. Oh, so okay, I great. To share it just to connect the threads here. Yes. We know that he's done covers. He did a cover of Pirate Looks at 40. With Jimmy. With Jimmy and yep. Jack, and Jack Johnson. Johnson. Yep. Yeah. So this one, uh, somebody asked him, what's the best way you like to hear live music? And he said, when I go to a show, I go with an obsessive desire to hear everything. I went to see Alt-J recently. They're very deliberate musicians, and their audience is so quiet. We are a party band. That's not all the music is. It's often something much darker. But we are about a party. It's almost like what people might think of as a Jimmy Buffett concert. And don't get me wrong, Jimmy Buffett is amazing. But in general, there's a connect and a disconnect. People are coming to see the Dave Matthews Band and dance and sing. And that's a good thing for there to be in the world. But when I listen to music, I sort of want everyone to be quiet. So respect is being paid at our shows, maybe not exactly the same way I would pay it. Uh And then somebody asked, there's this romantic ideal of the rock star as someone who ruthlessly follows his or her artistic vision. But there's another kind of star, someone like Jimmy Buffett or in a different way, the Grateful Dead, who become vessels for a subculture. And their vision involves attending to that subculture. In your experience, are those two models necessarily oppositional? He said, I think I've been lucky enough to follow my instincts or at least try to. I tell you what, I do question myself. What's the question? Can I justify doing this? What's this? driving this career am i challenging myself am i eating my own tail am i just feeding off the thing that allowed me to be so doing so extraordinarily well that's always the tension it goes on from there but it's very interesting i mean he makes the clear divide that like you're not coming to a jimmy buffett concert necessarily to even listen to the music yes (laughs) which is probably a valid argument sure you're going there for an experience yeah for the party for the party, for the and good time. And he also knows that even though he's obsessed with music and wants it to be perfect and amazing, he knows that people are coming for the party. Yes. Which is interesting. Exactly. Which is a little unlike the Grateful Dead, in my experience, when that deadhead <laughs> told me to shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> but I guess there's probably people that are the same there. I, I always equate Dave Matthews Band with like kind of like a naked woman covered in mud. <laughs> Uh, uh, but like, just kind of like a, like, you know, like a kind of a wavy wine glass kind of hippie, uh-huh. but a modern hippie, not wearing like tie dye. Sure. Like it's like, but also I guess the logo is like a naked woman. Yeah. Like, like a, like a, a, dancing, a dan- the dancer. They call it the dancer. I think I'm just calling, I'm just imagining the dancer come to life. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which there's a lot of the dancers I'm guessing. Well, at these concerts. like to, to that article's point, it, it's, it's interesting because I feel like, and I, I wrote down a couple things. Okay. Um, I feel like. <laughs> Like one of the things that makes Dave Matthews Band similar to Jimmy Buffett is the fact that both of them are unassuming. Right. You know? Right. So uh They're just guys. They're just guys. Where like Dave Matthews Band, the music, a lot of people now will associate that with like nineties coffee house type music. Right. Like easy listening. Easy, easy listening, you right. know? Right. Uh like how many times have you heard crashing to me on a CBS medical drama? A lot. <laughs> a lot. I've heard it a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah. And I watched a lot of CBS medical dramas. I know you do. That's yeah, what you're yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> Hugely into it. Code well, black. And, and it's the same thing with Jimmy where like he's the guy he's like the drunk on vacation guy. Right. He's the cheeseburger guy. Right. You know? But uh, they, how many times have you heard him in a uh so and so and so and so go to Hawaii movie? Oh my you god. Know? So All many time. times. Yes. Yeah yeah. So they're both kind of similar in that aspect but both of them we talk about contain multitudes mm-hmm. i mean like one of the things that i found which is interesting uh dave matthews band is the only band to have seven consecutive studio albums debut at number one 
Wow. Only banned. Seven consecutive. Seven consecutive. That's crazy. Uh, which started with the album After Crash. Okay. So this album that we're listening to today was really kind of where they they hit big. Mm. It was only their second album. Second okay. or third album. Okay. Uh, during the period from 2000 to 2010, Dave Matthews Band sold more tickets and earned more money than any other act in North America. Whoa. You wouldn't know that. No, you wouldn't know that. So I think that that is one of the main aspects is you have to be unassuming. No right. one would expect Dave Matthews Band to be this huge group that brings in huge crowds and puts on like a party. You wouldn't know that from listening to Crash Into Me for the 10 millionth time right. on Grey's Anatomy. And so that's a point towards the Jimmy Buffett throne. Yes. For, yes. for Dave Matthews Band to have the Jimmy Buffett throne. Okay. So... We'll talk about all this stuff Love throughout it. the process. Love We've been it. talking for a long time. Let's yes. just dive into a little bit of music. Uh, this is a song called Two Step. Let's do it. already almost two minutes into this song wow and we've barely started that's so crazy so the build is insane and what i think and i don't know if this is true but i feel like dave matthews band creates songs specifically with a live mindset oh yeah you can totally feel that like like when the drums come in in that song like mm -hmm. you can tell like they're thinking okay this is when the lights will come on absolutely you know what i mean absolutely because like this song in a concert the intro will take five minutes wow <laughs> easily wow and it's just all this build up and anticipation and then it just hits that's incredible it's incredible Wow. Um, Did you? So you saw most of these live? These most songs. of, uh, most if not all of them. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Really, really good. I mean, like, this song in general is just, like, really, really good. Like, whenever we get to the chorus. Listen to that. Celebrate, we will. Because life is short but sweet for certain. Hey, we climb on too high to 
So really incredible. The entire band is always, I think, firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. It's also a very uh, diverse group of musicians. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, uh, of, of course, got drums, bass, guitar. They also have a violinist, a saxophone player. Um, their touring band is even bigger. Uh, you know, more guitars, more horns. It's crazy. Wow. You know what else I'm remembering? I believe one of their songs was on a Now That's What I Call Music. Okay, that makes sense. And I am remembering there's a commercial where you'd see the clip of like, I did it. Guilty as charged. <laughs> and there was a clip of them like by a dumpster or something. It was like a very yellowish kind of music video. Uh -huh. And I remember watching that a lot. <laughs> I remember seeing that a lot. And that's another, I just wanted to point that as another uh, thing. But I know that I used to see, I remember their band. I'm like, that's a massive diverse interesting band of yeah. People. yeah 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 very very cool very diverse um the next song crash into me this song has more plays on spotify than all of their other top songs combined i'm looking at it right now 145 million six hundred thousand songs uh, isn't plays. that crazy that's crazy i looked three days ago it was 144 million what yes so <laughs> So, uh, so four days ago? Like four days ago. So this song has been listened to a million times in four days? Yeah. By me. By you. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. And this song, the reason I wanted to pick this album is because I feel like, and this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I, I feel like to claim the throne, yeah. the band has to have music that is either genre-defining or generation-defining. That's a Cra great point. Crash Into Me is, I would say, one of the top 10 most important songs of the 90s. Yes. Hands down. I would say it's like definitely up there. It's like if any top 10 list of the 90s. Yeah. Of at least most important or most well-known 90s songs. Yes. Right up there. Similar to how Jimmy defined an entire genre of trop rock, golf and western, uh, even folk to a certain extent. Definitely. He did that. I feel like Dave did a similar thing for the 90s. Yeah. With this song. Oh, you can see so many derivatives of Dave Matthews Band. Yes. People that came after them. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Come on. It's a comfortable song. Oh.
The the band works so well together. Like you yeah. you wouldn't expect like a a modern rock band to have violin and horns and I mean like uh all of them are incredible. Their drummer Carter Beaufort, he's like crazy crazy good. Wow. I if if you ever like like just go on YouTube and just look up like they, he has a whole DVD I think of drumming tutorials and stuff like that that yeah. he teaches and it's nuts. You know, I want to point something out too. I was I was looking at the albums. Mm-hmm. They have a live at Wrigley Field, which yep. our boy Jimmy does as well. Yes. I would say maybe the second criteria is uh live albums to yeah. take over for the Jimmy Buffett legacy yes and dave matthews band they have their their regular released live albums um you know uh uh i think the earliest one was dave matthews and tim reynolds which was like live at luther college which okay was something in like Whoa. the like early 90s just to you know him and tim reynolds who's an amazing guitarist but they also after they stopped letting fans plug into their soundboard, right. they started releasing these things called live tracks. Okay. And they have, I believe, 30 of those. Wow. Maybe more. They release like one, now it's like every couple months. Wow. And I think we talked about this on the show before. I saw, um, I think it was the second to last Dave Matthews Band show I saw, uh, but Leroy Moore, who is their saxophone player, he died in two thousand. Oh no! Uh, and I saw his last performance at Nissan Pavilion in 2007, oh. and they made that one of the live tracks. Wow! Which is a really amazing. That's show. amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow! It's so amazing. It's amazing, and also something about the live shows is they're like Jimmy has shows. It's like a pilgrimage to kind of go to, right? Like you know, like like going to the shows in France. Like that's a big deal. Yeah, Dave, we're still trying to get there. We're still trying to go there. Uh, Dave Matthews has the same thing. They do the same weekend every year at the Gorge Amphitheater, mm-hmm. where they do three nights, and people will go camp out. They'll go to all the shows. Like that is like the one show that in the Red Rocks Amphitheater are like the two big shows every summer wow. that people go to. Wow. So there's like a pilgrimage. People go, people like that is like their big event for the year. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Well, I gotta go to the gorge. I gotta go to one of these concerts. I'm they're amazing. I'm excited. I really want to. Really, will, really good. Will people get mad at me for talking? I won't talk. No, I don't think so. Okay. We'll <laughs> they see. encourage it actually. If okay, do they? Yeah, they say, okay, <laughs> now for this song, everybody just talk amongst yourselves. Everyone have a long conversation <laughs> yes, yes. about the industry at large. Yeah. The entertainment industry. <laughs> Whatever industry you're in. Um, that's so great. What's next, Ryan? Too much? Too much. Great. Next is too much. Let's give it a listen. Awesome. Uh-oh. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs>
crazy. Crazy. I have a question for you, Ryan. Okay. It's more of a chicken to the egg question. Yeah. Do you feel like you like horns and then found Dave Matthews Band? Or do you feel like you <laughs> like horns because of the Dave Matthews yeah, Band? Yeah, I feel like it's I I feel like it's that. Really? I feel like I like horns because of the Dave Matthews wow, Band. Wow, they influenced you. I think so. I mean, there's some great horn work on here. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh because I think it was one of the first modern bands that I saw really really utilizing horns as part of their band in a big way. It yeah. wasn't like a backing thing like, you know, Leroy Moore was a huge he was a prominent member of the band. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, it's so good. They're like it's I I want to dance. I'm moving. I'm yeah. moving and grooving. Moving and grooving, baby. I love it. Uh number 41 is the next song. This is another big one at concerts. People love this song. This one is the real jam kind of song. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because yeah, yeah. there's not even any vocals to this. No, right? no, yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe a little bit. We'll Great. give it a listen. Great. And this will easily go on for like 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> That's so great. song is another indication that this is very much a live band yeah more than a studio band uh if if i go to listen to the dave matthews band it's the only band where i will reach for a live album before i reach for a studio really yeah that's what you prefer that's what i prefer that's so interesting i mean you can tell it almost reminds me of that kind of classic jazz yes style too where you know there's the vocals are just another of the many instruments that get featured at a certain point. Exactly. So we have, you know, the singing has its own thing. He never does like scatting or riffing he, vocally, does he? He does do scatting. Okay. He does do scatting. Okay. Well, so that's, we found our first con. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I would be very curious to hear Dave Matthews Band scatting. It's very interesting. Does it sound like uh, Kim Cattrall? Have you ever seen that video? <laughs> no. Have it. Weebo, Skibo. Like, there's a video of D- Kim Cattrall just scatting <laughs> so to funny. her husband as her husband plays the bass. <laughs> and it's one of the craziest things I've ever watched. <laughs> it just Google Kim Cattrall scatting. We don't have to get into it right now. Okay. Um, actually, no, I'm going to find okay, it. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, so this is some video that doesn't make any sense where Kim Cattrall and her husband apparently love to scat. Hold on. Speaking of 
I read poetry and sonnets, and he plays the upright bass. Yamakipiebo, Cedere for cable, wind on Latin, he quotes. UJ, Savasaray! dogs and winked at all the she-dogs. The town never knew such a hullabaloo as that little dog raised till the end of that day. <laughs> we just have a good rhythm together. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? Is that what Dave Matthews fan does? Not quite. Scooter, Saturday. SNL did a uh, uh, when Daniel Kaluuya was on the show a couple oh, yeah. of a couple of weeks ago. They did a sketch very similar to that. <laughs> oh yeah, they have that. They have that on uh, on here. It's different things featured. Is it the half brother one? Yeah, yeah, that's really funny. so funny. <laughs> Anyways, scatting makes me nervous. Is all I was gonna say. It makes me nervous too. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. And is okay. uh, is not bad at it okay you know like Good. he's he's one of those m- musicians that like you can tell they just like really get into it right they get he looks the- like a man possessed when i'm watching him yes he looks possessed yes and he talks about that we i watched that tiny desk concert as well yeah which is great and highly recommended really good uh but yeah he talks about how i look like i'm possessed it looks like something's coming out of me yeah, yeah it's, it's like if you watch like john mayer do a solo yes like he just kind of like contorts and just like you know, really gets into it. Dave Matthews is very similar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, well then I'll have to see it. Okay. I'll, I'll have you'll to judge have, it in the moment. Yes, you'll have if to he look. he starts doing it. Okay. Uh, up next is a song called Say Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's give it a listen. listen. Ooh. Very much an extension of 41. This feels very jazzy. You yep. can hear some, almost some uh, John Mayer... Uh, early influence here yeah, too. Yep. Like, I can tell John Mayer was probably influenced by Dave Matthews band. Definitely. intro of that song again similar to most of the other songs 
takes a good while to get into. It takes a minute. It's yeah. a vibe. It's a vibe. It's literally a vibe. Yeah. And it's so funny. I was looking at all these songs. I mean, some of them, the shortest ones are about four minutes and six seconds. Mm-hmm. The longest one is nine minutes on this album. Yep. 12 songs, an hour and eight minutes. Yeah. That's so crazy. I know. And I can, I mean, but I, I put this song on and wrote. Uh-huh. Uh, I was writing while while listening to this this morning, and it like completely went by. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I just listened to the whole album. Yeah, I didn't realize. Like, I it definitely is almost like entrancing. Yes, and not all of their albums are like that necessarily. Interesting. Um, all of their albums, I would say, have you can tell it's Dave Matthews Band, but they all have a very sort of very specific kind of feel. Right. So one of my favorites, maybe my favorite, is the album from 2005, which is Stand Up. That's one with like American Baby on it. Mm. And that one's really more kind of funk focused. Okay. Uh, really interesting. The songs are a little bit tighter. Um, but in concert, they still really expand them. Oh, this great. one seems like they had these songs that they were kind of like jamming on live and turned them into studio songs. Yeah. With Stand Up, it's a little bit of the opposite. Okay. Yeah. So they started there and then took them out. Exactly. That's yep. interesting. Yeah. And then they probably, if they did that, then they probably sound so different in concert. Yes. That's yeah. It's really interesting. It's great. Wow. Uh, drive In, Drive Out is the next song. Let's check it out. Let's do it. Another big, big, big song. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really massive, voluminous song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I describe Dave Matthews' band, Voluminous. voluminous. <laughs> uh, I am just reading an article right now about the do's and don'ts of tailgating a Dave Matthews' band oh, show. Oh, okay. Let's hear this. Which is a huge, another example of uh, maybe rightful heir to the throne. Yes. Tailgating. Having huge. Tailgating, tailgating culture. Yeah. Uh, this one, you know, mentions hacky sacks and things like that. Okay. <laughs> um, in my 31 years on this earth, I've been to 62 Dave Matthews band shows and counting. This summer will get me all the way up to 64. Don't judge. Okay, judge a little. <laughs> and if there's anything I've learned seeing DMB live, it's that the tailgate is just as much a part of the experience as the show for better or worse. 
If you've been parked next to a guy who insists on peeing between his car and yours, it's probably for the worst. <laughs> so this guy's got jokes. Yes. Uh, anyways, as DMV marks on the t- embarks on their 25th year on the road, fans from across the country will be packing up coolers and bowls to celebrate. Uh, but before you head into the concert uh, parking lot or the campgrounds, you'll be partying at before the show starts. These are the do's and don'ts to keep in mind. Do be neighborly. Mm-hmm. Don't get so wasted you miss the show. Uh-huh. Do sell your ticket at face value if you're, you know, not to be a scalper. Uh-huh. Don't blast anything but Dave. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Um, uh, th- that one's an important thing to read. Half of the fun of the pre-Dave buzz is anticipating what you're going to hear that night. A huge part of the tailgate camping scene is stereos playing various D&B albums. They promote sing-alongs, create the perfect soundtrack for your parking lot, frisbee, indoor football game. And sometimes, if your heart is pure and the fandom true, Dave will hear that you're playing the stone from the trunk of your Mazda and think, hmm, we should play that tonight. (laughs) Uh, Do follow the rules or at least be smart about it. Don't hold your own concert. Uh-huh. The disdain for the guitar guy at the party holds up just as much as true, if not more, for the guitar guy at the ca- at the tailgate. We okay. all know Crash Into Me. We know you know it, too. <laughs> Let's just leave it to the pros. Great. Uh, do wait until later in the night to buy a crappy parking lot tie-dye shirt. Uh-huh. Don't pay $17 for a pretzel inside. Do throw all your garbage. Don't drink and drive. So All fair, you, I think. Yeah, all fair. And you could, you could literally read all of those about a Jimmy Buffett tailgate. Yes, you could. Easily. Very similar. Very, very similar. Very similar. Uh, yeah, and I, th- I think that is a huge part, like the communal aspect of it. Yeah. Making a day out of a show. Absolutely. That's a huge, huge, huge part of a Dave Matthews Band concert. Wow. Uh, Let You Down is the next song. Oh, let's man. check it out. Okay, let's do it. you down let me pick you up I let you down let me climb up you to the top so I can see the view from up there tangled in your hair I let you down I have no lid upon my hand But if I did You could look inside and see what's on my mind You could look inside and see what's on my mind I let you down A little more stripped down, a little lighter Which, you you, you need levels You need levels, yeah Doesn't have to be as voluminous all the time (laughs) Which is good, you know? It lets you appreciate that something is voluminous. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, th- this is a good reprieve for the next song, which is far away my favorite song to see them do live. This one, and you've sent me a couple live versions of this. I did. And I listened to this multiple times in the yep. past few days. It is fantastic. It's so good. And I feel like this is another point in the uh in in the you know claiming the throne um tally i feel like to claim the throne dave if we're using dave as sort of the uh kind of analogous version of jimmy you need to surround yourself with talented musicians maybe musicians that are even more talented than you are right 
Jimmy does this a lot. All of the Coral Reefers, amazing, incredible musicians yes. that could very easily, like, if, if Jimmy wasn't there at a show, would still put on an amazing, amazing show. Hands down. Absolutely. Rising Tide raises all ships. Absolutely. That's my favorite way to make anything. That's my, my favorite kind of people make things the same way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This song, I think, uh, showcases every single member of the band in a really, really great way. Uh, specifically the more recent shows which feature Tim Reynolds. Mm. Tim Reynolds was another guitarist from Charlottesville, Virginia, where the band was formed. He collaborated with them a lot throughout their career, but didn't join the band fully until like 2008, 2009-ish. And Dave did a tour with Tim Reynolds. He does tours with Tim Reynolds pretty frequently, but they did a big tour maybe five, ten years ago. Uh, and that was one of the songs I sent you was them from New York, I think, where Tim goes into a maybe eight to ten minute acoustic solo, which is crazy. Crazy. And Dave doesn't do Dave doesn't do a solo. He's just playing rhythm and just like watching him. It's just those two together. Just them. It's wild. It's, and it's 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 again entrancing. Yes. And dare I say voluminous. Yes. <laughs> it was so great. I mean, it was, it was, I was, they were like so in sync. It's amazing to watch people back and forth. Yeah. 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 There, there's a version from the Live at Luther College album uh, uh, of One Sweet World that's very similar to that, where it's just both of them, but they're just like just lost in it. Yeah. Just going. And then on the live version I sent you with the band, the other live version, um, everybody gets a solo. Everybody does their own thing. Wow. It's so, so good. It's so great. Yeah, this one is called Lie in Our Graves. Lie in Our Graves. I'm so excited to listen to this one. It's really great. Let's check it out. Oh, yeah. I connected to this one. Oh, yeah. Step into the light. My arms are open wide. Oh, when I step into the light, my eyes searching wildly. Would you not like to be sitting on top of the world with your legs hanging free? Would you not like to be?
So with the studio version of this song, you wouldn't expect it to be such a massive jammer of a song live. Right. But it is. It is a uh, barn burner. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's crazy. It's so great. It, it's funny, too. While listening to that, I'm thinking about, you know, the Jimmy fans, you know, where else they're going to migrate. And I think about how there really will be, I think it's going to be a, like a head and head match where I think mm-hmm. there might be a divide where yep. you're looking for vibe. Mm-hmm. You go Dave Matthews band. Uh-huh. You look for meaning and lyrics. You might go Kenny Chesney. Sure. And because we got no shoes nation versus Dave heads. Right. Now, yes. right? Is that what they're called technically? I think so. Dave heads. I think so. Yeah. Dave heads versus no shoes nation. Arguably the worst name out of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything about that. It's not a very voluminous name. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word now. But it's it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting statement. If you're if you're looking for your next fandom to join, you know, if you're part of the Buffett Kingdom. Yep. You know, and you 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 have another journey to travel towards another land. Which fandom are you going to? Let us know. Paradepodcast at gmail.com, Pod on Twitter. I'm very fascinated to know what our listeners actually think of this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I really don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I mean... And we're also... We don't want people to think that we're like plotting, uh, you know, the descent of Jimmy Buffett. No, absolutely not. We we are just postulating. We're excited. We've talked about a lot of things on this show. We're looking towards the future. We're thinking about... uh, It's all theories. Yes. Fun theories, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, the next song, uh, well, first off, Lion of Graves, check out a live, I'll link some stuff in the description. Definitely. It's crazy. Oh. It's a crazy live song. It's so good. And I'll link that clip of Kim Cattrall scatting. Yes, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Good, 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 good. (laughs) That's actually where I'm going to go. Okay, great. Kim Cattrall. I'm a Cattrall head. (laughs) Yes. Kim head. So that's me now. <laughs> Find Patrick in a jazz club near you. <laughs> yeah. Dim lighting. The middle of the heat dogs and <laughs> middle of the sheet dogs. Uh, up next, Cry Freedom. Oh, yeah. Let's give it a listen. Very 90s. Very 90s. How can I turn away? Brother, sister, go dancing through my head. Human as to human The future is no place To place your better day Cry, freedom, cry From my crowd Ten thousand wide Let this flag burn to dust And then you Our fair design be raised While we wait head in hands Hands in prayer And fall into a dreamless sleep again
another kind of low-key one. He sneaks him yeah. in there. Yeah, he does. It's really um, calming and nice. It's nice to have that divide. Yes. I'm, I'm reading now about, I'm on the uh, a fandom wiki, the Dave Matthews Band wiki, and I'm reading about fans. Okay. And I, I found something interesting. Fan gender is a section. Gender tends to be equal parts male and female in the fan population. Female DMB fans are notorious for tending to harbor an openly physical attraction to Dave Matthews. <laughs> As characterized by their screaming, I love you, Dave, and other variations during concerts. Listen, we've screamed, I love you, Jimmy. We have. We have. <laughs> Male fans also have a notoriety for tending to be meatheads who are known for uh-huh. excessive binge drinking and pre- predating on attractive females. Oh. They are also known to yell, Watchtower. Uh-huh. A request for the band to play Bob Dylan's all along the watchtower during concerts. Yep. Nevertheless, these gender-based characteristics are largely stereotypical and not representative of most fans. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, sort of the preconceived notion of a Dave Matthews Band fan is that they are someone uh, that can't let go of college. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, I, I, I don't think it's that at all. No. I, I think there are a wide range of different types of fans that are all, uh, in my experience, very lovely, very nice, supporting, welcoming people. Mm-hmm. Similar to how parrot heads, a lot of people on the outside can see them as just people that uh, can't let go of that one vacation back in the 80s that they love so much. Right. It's not that at all. Not at all. You have uh, lawyers and doctors and business people. They're just looking for escape and looking for a chance to let loose. And that's exactly what it is. That's amazing. Yeah. There's also something here about disgruntled fans. Okay. The main issue with disgruntled fans is that they continue to attend concerts despite their disillusionment due to the fact that that the live aspect of the band's music remains largely in its traditional form. I guess there's a lot of Dave Matthews Band fans who thinks the band has changed. Okay. In the modern world, which also can relate to Jimmy. Sure, and I think that's totally fair. The band yeah. has gone through a lot of changes. Um, you know, like we said, Leroy has passed away. Uh, Boyd Tinsley, the violin player, is no longer with the band wow. for a good reason. Interesting. Um, so they've gone through a lot of changes. They brought a lot of new people in. There are only three original members still in the band. Oh. And I, I mean, I still think the live shows, at least the last live show that I saw, is still incredible. Yeah still great and like if you're holding on to that one concert experience that you had at like your very first Dave Matthews show your very first Jimmy Buffett show mm-hmm. you're not gonna get it no they everybody goes through changes yeah we talk about this all the time Jimmy has gone through so many changes in his life we talked a couple weeks about you know when he became a father and his music shifted right Dave also his music has shifted the live tendencies have shifted um, but they're still incredible musicians. Case in point, that Tiny Desk concert that I shared with you. Yes. No band whatsoever, just Dave and acoustic guitar. And it is so captivating. Incredible. So incredible. It is so wonderful. I, I was really drawn in by that. He's he's obviously an incredible performer. Yeah. And he has so much charm, and he gives off such a vibe that you are really drawn in. Yes. Uh, and he's also one of the most made fun of voices. Yeah. Uh, Open up your <laughs> eyes and let me in. I mean, he's almost got a kind of a Joni Mitchell vibe. To a be little, honest. a little bit. And he, he's also aware of that. Yeah, yeah. He was on SNL and played uh, 
Bill Hader was playing Dave Matthews, and I think he came on. What was it? I can't remember. Like Andy Samberg was Jack Johnson, Bill Hader was Dave Matthews, and he was playing somebody else. But oh, like great. he, he's like Jimmy has a sense of humor about everything, yeah, which yeah, I think yeah. you need as well. I think you need it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, speaking of Jimmy, this next song, second to last song, "Tripping Billies," one of the early Jimmy Buffett shows that I saw. With my dad, also at Nissan Pavilion. Now, Jiffy Lube Live, terrible name change. We love it. Love it. <laughs> um, I die a little bit every time you say we love it. It's so funny. I know. That's why I'm saying it now. Because I just love imagining a live show where people do oil changes on the stage. <laughs> That's why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember Jimmy specifically saying that uh, on that particular night, Dave was doing a show in Charlottesville, their homecoming show in Charlottesville, which is a very big deal. And... He said that Dave was doing a Buffett song that night, so he thought, in kind, Jimmy should do a Dave song. So Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefers played Tripping Billy's live at one of the shows I saw. No way! That's amazing! It was amazing. Oh, they did a great so job. Cool. Oh, that's amazing. So let's listen to it. Tripping Billy's is another really good one. All right. Sounds like the beginning of uh, Everybody's Got a Cousin in Miami. <laughs> This song is the most reminiscent of what you can expect from a live Dave Matthews Band concert. Mm, okay. This is maybe one of the, probably the most, next to maybe Drive In, Drive Out is one of the most boisterous songs on the album. Yeah, it is very boisterous. Yeah. And, and, and you feel like the whole concert really gets kind of to a fever pitch and just stays there. Yeah, that's yeah. That's really cool. Definitely. So that's Dave Matthews Band. Wow. There Incredible. Are, there are a couple other things, uh, you know, like he's he's very philanthropic, just yeah. like Jimmy is. Um, you know, there's, uh, I, I, I think there's a lot going for him and going for the band to really be at that, you know, top position on that pedestal. I think if we're looking purely based on music, I think they have the best shot. Yeah. I think they definitely, you know, music and fanship. Uh-huh. But the fanship is a little comparable in other areas. 
I think they're a great example. I mean, I would love to see them in concert. It sounds like it is the most fun. So much fun. And uh, if, if anybody is on the fence about Dave Matthews Band, which I know there's a lot of people on the fence about Dave Matthews yeah, Band. I think that's the, the only thing working against them is their stigma. Yes. But if anything Jimmy Buffett fans know is that we have a stigma about us. Yes. Parrotheads have a stigma about us. So let's shed those, folks. Absolutely. Give it a chance. Check Open out up your minds. And <laughs> let him in. <laughs> Uh, check out a live album. Check yeah. out a live performance. Uh, they've been doing this really great thing on uh, their YouTube channel. Uh, they film and record literally everything Amazing. they do. So they are constantly releasing albums and you know concert videos and stuff. On YouTube, there's a ton of free full concerts that they've been doing since COVID called the DMB Drive-In, I think. Wow. Where every Wednesday, I think they would have an intro from Dave and... They would talk about like a charity and all the proceeds that they got from that concert would go to a charity. Oh, it's cool. very, very cool. That's amazing. Uh, so there's a lot of that stuff out there. Also, Dave Matthews has a station on Sirius. That's right. That's <laughs> uh, right. He's been doing some live shows, just him, which is very cool. Live like request shows. Is it called the Dave Matthews Band channel? I think so. Let me see what it is. I think so. And they do they do live concerts like last week. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but they... Uh, they played one of their concerts from the Staples Center on the night that they found out that Leroy Moore had passed away. Wow. Just like a very like emotional performance. Um, yeah, it's Dave Matthews Band Radio. Yeah, so that's on Sirius XM as well if you want to check that out in addition to Sirius XM Channel 24, Radio Margaritaville. Yep, Channel 30 is uh, Dave Matthews Band, so just go So close up. to us. So close to up our, uh, us, our neighbors. We're in the same cul-de-sac. Absolutely. We're <laughs> in the same musician's cul-de-sac. we got some wild neighbors, yeah, Ryan. Very excited about them. Uh, overall thoughts. Oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts. I mean, first thought, voluminous, voluminous, incredibly voluminous yep. band. What a wonderful uh, experience being introduced by such a master of <laughs> Dave heads over here. I didn't know the secret passion of Ryan. I'm um, thank you for sharing. It You're with very us. welcome. It was incredible. I loved the tour. Uh huh. Uh, beautiful place. I'm in. I okay. really. I'm gonna put this on and listen to it. I, it was great music to work to. Yeah. I can't wait to keep working to it. And I I think I have to see a concert live. You have to. They're getting back on the road this year. Okay. Starting this summer, they're going to be back on the road. So. I mean, that's a really good way to say quarantine is over. Being at a Dave Matthews Band concert. Oh, yeah. Just grooving and just just moving and dancing. Absolutely. And being close to other people who are doing the same. Absolutely. So maybe we'll I'm check in. out one of those in the near future. Would love that. Yes. Uh, what about final thoughts for you, Ryan? Uh, final thoughts. I I love this band, and I you know they're one of those bands that I have dipped in and out of throughout mm -hmm. my musical sort of career, um, musical listening career, and I'm I'm back in now in a very big way. I'm going through all the albums again, and it's Great. been a lot of fun. Uh, but I think the live aspect is really where they shine. So check out some of the stuff on YouTube. Check out some of the live albums. Anything from The Gorge is great. Anything from Red Rocks Amphitheater is really great. Got to do that. Got to do that. Check it out. But like you were saying, just give them a shot. Shed all of those uh, those stigmas and just allow yourself to experience something a little different. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited. Let us know what your what your process is. Also, I'm looking at the SiriusXM website right now. The song they're playing is the uh, July 20th, 2008 
Commerce City, Colorado version of Proudest Monkey, which is the song we're about to play. That's right. Proudest Monkey going to play us out. So until next time, I am Mayfair Marleybone. I'm St. Charles, Tennessee. Have a great week. week. Meet Meet you at the end. end. Bye-bye. Aloha. I love this song, by the way. Me too. It's a nine-minute one. Yes, it's very long, but very good. It's so great. Also very good in concert. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Slide whistle. Some children's instruments. <laughs> Another thing. They know how to get us. Yes. No, I am bounce around so well. Brands to brands. Linda, let me see. Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.